Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Conversations on Conversations, where each week we explore a topic to help us have more powerful conversations with ourselves and others. I'm your host, Sarah Noel Wilson, and you can hear the full body smile <laughs> in my face as I talk. So let me let me introduce our guest, Katrina Jones. And together, we're going to start by exploring the time we're in of people really pausing, reflecting, and prioritizing different things in their life and how things have shifted and what does that look like and what does that look like personally, but also how do we adapt to that in the workplace? So as always, we'll see where our conversation goes, but I'm so excited. All right. So here's for those of you who may not remember, Katrina was actually one of our first guests and we talked about how do we stay soft during hard times, which is one of our top downloaded episodes. So if you have not checked it out, please be sure to do so. So Katrina Jones is the founder and CEO of Advancing Equity and Inclusion, a diversity, equity and inclusion and talent consulting and coaching firm. She, as a principal consultant, she helps organizations connect their programmatic efforts to comprehensive DEI strategies that help accelerate their progress in building more diverse teams and fostering more inclusive, equitable, and psychologically safe cultures. Katrina has more than 15 plus years of experience leading and managing in functions in DEI, HR, and talent at companies like AWS, Latham & Watkins in Europe. She believes that when we can prioritize closing equity gaps, our workplaces can become spaces of learning and growth where everyone thrives. Katrina. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I am honored to be a two-time guest and to be reunited with you again. It has been too long. Reunited and it feels so, so good. good. It yes. feels so good. Yes, ma'am. I, I do just want to reach through the screen and give you a big, just a full body hug. Hug, but yes. Mm-hmm. All the way to the toes. It's like so every toes. Everyone joining us. You know, we'll just invite you in this love fest and this journey. No, but one of the things I'm so excited, again, for those of you who maybe remember the conversation Katrina and I had, is uh, you bring such a depth of wisdom, a poetic way of talking about very human challenges and struggles. And, and I'm so I'm just excited to be in conversation exploring and, and the timing, the timing of this topic is I think it's always important. Yeah. But it feels like there is a collective shedding yeah. <laughs> by some folks, not everyone, but a collective shedding. So so first, just catch us up. You know, yeah. what do you want us to know about you since last time we met up together on here? Oh, gosh. Um, I feel like I have lived three lives <laughs> since oh, the last yeah. time we talked. I'm literally in a different state and city. Um, my relationship, main relationship has changed. Mm. My parenting status has changed. I'm a full-time mm. single parent now. Got it. Um, living in Houston, Texas. Um, I've gone back into consulting work now, which I really love and partnering with so many brilliant people who are doing the work on the inside of companies, right? As these m- momentous shifts are happening Yes, internally within companies, but in our world. And I mean, we see signs of it everywhere, right? Mm. Uh, The strikes Mm -hmm. happening right now. Yes, Mm -hmm. some of it is about pay, fair pay for the labor that people are doing. But there's an undercurrent and a thread, I think, through all of it of people 
wanting more in their lives, wanting to be able to do more. And certainly money is part of that, right? Mm -hmm. But wanting more for themselves, for their families. And that's, you know, what I have also been living is peeling back the layers to realize I want more. The Mm. things that I thought were really important, like going back to Mm. and looking back at 20 something year old me and the vision that I had for my life, the goals that I set, achieving so much of it really, and and probably more than, than what I expected. And then kind of stepping back and saying, is it like, Mm. it's, it's not, it, it doesn't feel like how I thought it would feel. I thought I would feel X, Y, Z. I thought I would feel this. I thought I would feel like really like I've made it like I'm at the top of Mount Everest, right? Like my life is sorted out. Um, Mm. Mm. And I've been. Don't you a, love 20, 20 year old ourselves that are like, you're going to figure it out. I do. It's going to yeah. feel so great. And then oh, you realize yeah. it's a lie. Yeah. All of it is a lie. <laughs> that it's not, not when you're 30, not when you, guess what? You don't. <laughs> no, nope. you don't. You're just figuring it out. Yeah. All along the way. But when you're in your early twenties, you're like, yep, this is what I'm going to do. This is what my plan is. I'm going to do these things. This is where I see myself. And uh, you know, you cannot predict how life goes. Yeah. And how the vision that you have for yourself will change. Like the things that were important to me 10 years ago, they just they don't have the same resonance. Yeah. Well, and even I, I what one of the things that I see even four years ago. Yeah. What, you know, what has, what's important has shifted and has changed. And, and I'm curious, you know, what, what are you observing related to that wanting to do more? Because that's definitely something. Yeah. The, the reshifting of work as the centralized thing. Yeah. That's still very true for a lot of folks and for others, it has to be true because of the way our system is set up. Yeah. And so that they can get the finance you know, the money that they need to live and survive. But there is this overwhelming sense of more people are saying, ah, I don't, I don't know that I want to tolerate that anymore. I don't know that yeah. I want to put up with that anymore. That's not, that's not worth it. That's not the trade off isn't worth it to me for what I'm getting out of it. So I'm curious, what are you observing? Um, and you said four years ago, and I mean, think about four years ago, like <laughs> I, when you said that, I immediately thought back to, okay, four years ago, I was probably like flying. I was traveling. I was working really hard. Um, and that was kind of my, my pride and where I felt a lot of fulfillment or a good bit, you know, chunk of fulfillment. Um, and I'll be blunt here. I, I don't think you can see millions of people die. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, like literally overnight. Yeah. And yeah. where and across generations, ages and not be affected by that. Yeah. Whether you want to acknowledge it or not. Yeah. 
um, seeing people who, you know, just like you were working really hard, you know, put, you know, putting in those 60, 70 plus hours a week. And then, you know, you're in the ground or you're in a, a, a jar mm-hmm. and that's your life. And so I, what I think is happening for so many people is, is they're seeing that the time between the moment that you enter the world, the time between, you know, the period at the end of, of your sentence is really short. Yeah. We think it's long and it ain't. Mm-mm. <laughs> and I, I feel that intensely. I have felt that intensely, you know, yes, because of the pandemic and seeing so many people, you know, die at young ages, people, you know, in my network who have been, their lives have been affected, right? They've got long-term COVID, um, long-term illnesses and other illnesses. And also, you know, before that, seeing my mom pass away Mm -hmm. at what was a young and is a young age, Mm -hmm. you know, she was Mm -hmm. 75 and I thought she was going to live to be like a hundred with modern healthcare and, you know, a good whole foods shopping habit. Uh, and, and it just made me pause and step back and, and, you know, realize, wait a minute, like, okay, I've done these things. This has been really important to me, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Like if I, if I had, um, you know, 30, 40 summers left, is this how I want to spend the time? Is this how I want to spend the time? And, and, and that is what I think is happening for people all across the globe and especially, you know, workers in recalibrating their relationship to work where, you know, we spend more time at work than we do with our families, with our loved ones. Yeah, is, yeah. is that the right equation? Mm-hmm. I know it's what it always has been. Right. But is right. that what it should be? Is that what it should be? be? Is mm-hmm. that what it should be? Um, and, and that just, you know, having that, the the pause that I think we collectively had cre- leaves open and creates space for us to ask these questions about what we want our lives to look like, how we want to spend our time, who we want to spend our time with. Yeah. There's two paths that I want to explore with you. And and one the one path I want to go to for a little bit amount of time is exploring and examining the workplace response to this. Because oh, yeah. one of the things that I've observed is um you know, whether it's a frustration by those people who are in positions of power and authority that people are questioning things that they didn't question before. Yeah. I mean, just I mean, literally just this weekend, I was at the farmer's market and stopped by this um, stand where they do dog food, right? Dog yeah. treats. I love those. And yeah, and, and it was really sweet. But it was an interesting conversation with the owner. And I said, Oh, you know, like, how's business going? And love that you're a woman owned business and right, like happy to support you. And um, you know, and she was, she said, you know, it's just really hard because like people just don't want to work anymore. And it, and it's always interesting when mm. I hear that phrase. I'm going to be honest, it really 
triggers something in me. It pushes against something hard because it's one thing to say, you know, staffing is hard right now. Yeah. It is har- yeah. It's hard to find, you know, uh, whether it's part time, whether it's within the budget I can afford. It's just difficult right now in a way that it wasn't. And and it was an interesting interaction because I said, uh, I said, I hear you. And I said, you know, the pandemic changed a lot for a lot of people. And her response was, that's over. And as, I went, as we, as okay, we, well, it's uh, not, yeah, but yeah. okay, but it's different. But I said, and so I just, I said, well, here's what I see in, in my work, right? Yeah. Is that, that it really challenged people's fundamental beliefs and values and how they wanted to spend their time. And, um, you know, and to your point, what they thought was important isn't what they think is important now. And, and, and so he, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this, because I haven't talked yeah. about this on the show. It just came up with a client last week is, you know, uh, especially as companies are exploring the return to office and hybrid and what do we do? And obviously, uh, there's a big push by senior leaders to get people back into the office and workers are like, whoa, yeah. One of the things that feels so different about this time is that isn't unique to an organization. Yeah. It is this collective spread, spread. Yeah. energy yeah. on top of the strikes, on top of. Yeah. And so I'm I'm just curious to to hear your your thoughts and thinking about how this reevaluation, this colla- this this recalibration, this prioritization um is pushing against how work has already always been done. And I know you're preaching to the choir. Yeah, of like, yeah, 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 we're here for it. No, but, <laughs> but I, I wonder where, what is going to be that final thing that sets the match? Because it mm. feels like we, we get closer and closer to a boiling point um, mm-hmm. with every event that's happening. And it's, it's so interesting now to see and this is such a contrast between where we were and yes, during a, this is a full on pandemic, right? Um, where there was much more flexibility, employers were adapting and there was this sense of this is a time when we need to adapt. We need to experiment to be flexible, mm-hmm. right? We're going to, we're going to do this and things might change. What we know is nothing is constant now. Right. Um, and, and what I see and, and perceive is a desire to get back to a state of constant that just doesn't yeah. exist anymore. Yeah. Right. Like we are, we are not getting back to people getting on planes and flying and, and being in the office, you know, four, four or five days a week. Um, even though, Folks are, are, are trying to get people there by hook or crook, right? And, and now you see a lot of it being, yes, judgmental and compliance driven. Mm-hmm. I th- mm-hmm. There was an article about TikTok. They have an app um, that tracks employees' time in the office. Mm. And if employees are not meeting the desired time in the office, they get notifications, all these things. And they're not the only one, right? Yeah. So the surveillance is happening. Um, but what you're seeing is less that flexibility, that adaptability, that's being pulled back, right? That's being erased. Yeah. Like it like it didn't exist. And 
I was at a, an HR networking event last week, and this was a hot topic of conversation because um, employers have mandated a certain number of days a week, three days a week, or five days a week. People are talking about what they're doing. Um, you know, somebody was saying, well, we're going from four days a week, like from three to four. Okay, well, then what about five? Yeah, <laughs> um, and, yeah. And and it will work for some people, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe it works. The employer is trying to drive collaboration, um, connection to drive innovation. And they want people to be in the building because that's where the magic happens. Or they think that's where the magic right. happens. That's, right? that's where it's happened to this point for them. But what they are running up against is people saying, you know, actually, I, working from home really makes my life easier, right? I, I'm able to work a set number of hours. I'm able to also maybe get some some things done. It makes my commute easier. I don't want to spend my time, you know, 10 hours a week or more commuting. That's not how I want to spend my time. I want to be able to pick my kids up and like take them to the playground in that hour that I would have been commuting from the office. Yeah. And I, that's we're not, I don't think we're at the reckoning point. And I, 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 I imagine we will be there. I'm, I'm not a fortune teller, but I imagine we will be there soon. I just, I don't know what that event is that's going to tip us over the edge, but I, it, something has to give. And what I would love to see leaders, employers, I would love to see like, especially mid senior level leaders come together and say, hey, this isn't working. And we mm. are going to collectively, you know, protest, or we're going to collectively influence, you know, senior leaders, management, executive management, um, to, to take a different approach. And maybe it's hybrid, maybe it's just some flexibility, right? I think you have to do what works, yes, for your company but also for the talent you want to attract, which mm -hmm. people prefer flexibility. And mm -hmm. it's not just young people. It's not just moms. It is right. like everybody. And there are some people who, who across all generations will, will actually want to come into the office because they like being in person. So what, what can you do to adapt in this moment? In yeah. the way that you were adapting, you were experimenting, you were willing to try different things and say, Hey, we're going to try it. And if it doesn't work, we'll do something. We're going to modify. We're going to tinker in the same way we would do with any business problem. Right? It, I think one of the things that I, I've, I'm, I'm seeing in, in some organizations, and it's interesting to, uh, I don't know that I'd made this connection before hearing you talk about it because in our work we do talk a lot about experimentation and yeah. how it's important to do that but the thing that I hadn't I hadn't connected till you were talking about it is the fact that we were all forced to experiment we were yeah. all forced to try new things we were all willing to say it might not work and let's figure it out and I think one of the traps that I'm seeing is decisions are being made as a decisive decision instead of an experiment. Yeah. And so then you have team members who are going, but what, what's going to be the evidence of success here? What's going to be the measurement? What What's going to be the evolution of this? And there's a experience or a perception that no, this is just the decision. And, 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 
whether right, wrong or otherwise, uh, senior leaders have authority. Yeah. <laughs> like they yeah, just, yeah. I mean, that's also just yeah. the reality. They can be decisive with it. But I think that point you bring up is a really important one of for the people who th- thrived or found new ways of, you know, of having the restrictions lifted of what was possible. Yeah. Um, it can feel it can feel constrictive or right now yeah, yeah. because because there doesn't seem to be that openness and that willingness and um there's just a declarative statement it's just a declarative statement and and again there is the authoritative right for yeah. them to do that and then there's also consequences to it and or people might need to decide is this where I want to work? It's also interesting to hear the idea of like, and what if middle management just protested? And I was like, shit, yeah. Like, I mean, yeah. What well, would happen? And I named them because in some companies where they're surveilling and relying on compliance, middle managers are, are the responsible ones. Yeah. And, and they I, don't necessarily want to be. Like some no, of them don't want to be. I feel so bad for folks, right? Like managing teams, managing people is hard enough. And I've got to have a conversation with you now about how you're you've come in two days, but not three days. Yeah. And what is the issue when I know the issue is working from home works better for you. Mm -hmm. And you're just Mm -hmm. as effective. You're, you know, you're just as connected. You're just as innovative. You just can't come in three days. (laughs) You just can't come in three days a week. Uh, and that, what do you do with that, right? Like managers don't have the tools to be, because really what's the solution there? Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, and how does, um, I mean, I understand measuring expectations. I get all of that, but that the language you're using of surveillance is really interesting and and how does that impact trust and how does that yeah. impact um you know yeah i mean just how does that impact trust and your your like commitment to me and um yeah i just i think we're in real interesting times i, I and i use that language intentionally because yeah i can tell like when i, I when you have a work badge you and you scan in you mm-hmm. know that's being clocked mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. um and that somewhere there's a machine if they want to they can pull up all your swipes right we could do this like a law and order episode like you were in <laughs> at 902 you were out at 604 but it you internalize that when all of a sudden there are messages going out saying hey we noticed that you're only here two days instead yeah. of four days um, or you see colleagues who are being pulled into meeting rooms to talk about how they're not meeting the requirement, right? It's, or there's an app that's, tr- how am I, how should I feel about that, right? Like yeah. I know, yeah. and now I really internalize it. You are tracking my moves, right? And I don't know about you. I certainly don't thrive in that kind of I, it doesn't feel I don't good. think it most people do. Good. It doesn't feel no. good. It doesn't feel good. Yeah. Okay. So that's an organizational exploration. And obviously, this is a topic that we can continue talking about. And this will yeah. be one that I have some future guests that will continue to. But I want to I take us back a little bit and then go more of that personal side of yeah. reflection and letting go. One of the things when you were talking about 
you know, the vision you had when you were 20 about what your life would be and then you got it and you're like is this it yeah <laughs> is yeah. this is this all or you know sometimes or you ac- you accomplish it and you're like you'll well, shoot what's next yeah. like i did now what more with katrina jones in a moment what are some of the what are some of the the traps or potential um what do i want to say um thinking traps that could get in people's way of being able to step into new possibilities? Oh, the, the supposed tos. Mm. I'm supposed to, mm. I'm supposed to, I'm, I'm supposed to be married to stay mm-hmm. married. Mm. I'm supposed to, I'm supposed to want to have kids. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to have kids. I'm supposed mm-hmm. to want to move up the organizational ladder. I should want to get a promotion. I should want that head of whatever. Why don't you want that? Be supposed to. Um, I think in buying into other people's visions mm. for what you should be doing, including, you know, your parents or mm-hmm. other loved ones, as well as, as comparison, right? So seeing, folks who are about the same age and same industry or similar and you're seeing, you know, there it's like they're on that super fast escalator and you're on a slower ones, right? And you're looking at that and saying, well, gee, I'm just as smart. I work just as hard. You know, why am I not there? I should be. Mm. But is that what you really want? Um, I was talking about this with a friend, um, and they're, they're in a particular, they were in a particular industry, they've left it more or less, and they have their own practice, um, and they're still connected to their, the industry that they left, and I'm, I'm, pausing here because I think they've still maybe got like a couple toes in, right? But Mm, that's not mm -hmm. where they are. And they see peers who are, you know, senior level executive and all that comes with that. That looks really shiny, I think, on the outside because you're just seeing maybe an article that they co-wrote or published or a LinkedIn post where they're at this big event or etc. Or they're in a commercial. So you see that and you think, well, gee, that could have been me. And we were talking about about that and uh, about what it was bringing up for them. And I asked them, but, but isn't is that what you want to do? Well, no, no. And it's hard because you will see that you will there's that comparison the envy piece. And that's, Mm -hmm. that's normal. I I, I don't, there's no judgment about that. I think when you feel it, you should tap, you should tap into it. You should really feel it and say, okay, what am I feeling? Why am I feeling that? Is it because I really want that? Or is it maybe because there's something about my current path that maybe feels a little uncharted, unsettled, or is taking me in a different direction? And maybe I'm mourning the loss of mm. what I thought I was mm. going to do, where I thought I was going to be, what I thought I wanted as I'm pursuing this newness that 
I believe is where I want to be is going to be more fulfilling. But all of that, the, you know, I'm supposed to, the comparison, that, that envy that comes with comparison and thinking about where, where you think you're supposed to be, you're, you should be relative to where you really want to be. And it's hard yeah. to, yeah when you're in between those two, to even get the time to step back and say, and think. And some of that is because you're so busy. So what, what happened for me was that I was always so busy. I didn't really have time, like where things were really quiet, where I could really think. But I would get little bubbles that would pop up from time to time. And I just kind of like, all right, and I like, and then I'm off to the next thing. Mm -hmm. um, and then at a certain point, because of some health scares I had, I had to really pause and things were quiet. And in that silence, in that pause, you know, you can't keep like pushing things down, batting it away, you really have to reckon with it. And it's just, it's hard to even have the time and space to do that. And if you do the reckoning part, like, cause you can just say, eh, let me put you in the basement. <laughs> Not today. Yeah. Yeah. You get, you spend so much time on autopilot too, right? Yeah. I mean, and, and, and I, I appreciate the different things that you called out and, you know, just this morning I was telling Nick, it's like, ah, I'm finding myself comparing yeah. myself to these people. And I don't even know why. Yeah. And it's not even like to your point. I'm like, it's not like I actually feel yeah. threatened, but there's some part of me that's like anticipatory, right? Like threats or something like that. I'm like, I don't know where this is coming from, but um, and, and shedding that, that vision of what you thought would be and especially in our you know we'll speak american culture there yeah. is these really strong life milestones right you're supposed yeah. to you're supposed to get married you're supposed to get the job you're supposed to be really career driven you're supposed to have the kids you're yep. supposed to and that was something that even it took me a while to have the courage to say no to yeah uh for us we're right we're childless by choice yeah. and that did not come easy for me because I was like, there must be something wrong with me that I don't. Yeah. Have right? that, yeah. Like, that I don't have that yearning. Yeah, and, yeah. um, you know, and, and the other point that I'm glad you brought up and I was going to ask about is also the grief, especially, especially if you're in a situation. Well, you know what? I'm going to, I want to walk what I was just going to say back. There can be grief and loss when something is decided for you. Yeah. Right? Maybe yeah. you're let go from a job. Yeah. Partner leaves. Yeah. Right. Um, unexpected. Literal death. Yeah. Un something unexpected that's out of your control. And there can still be grief when you, you choose consciously. to do it. When you yeah. consciously choose to go in a different path, there can be grief for that identity of, of what was um, and honoring that and giving space to that. Yeah. I, fe I feel like especially in our culture, we many people don't give the space for you, that loss. You don't, you don't. And we think about grieving as singularly being tied to death or mm -hmm. to loss, right? The th some of the examples that you named, like unexpected loss of a job, 
yes, people can understand some grief, but, but you really don't get the time and space to actually be with it. Like if, if someone gets fired, we think they should kind of be on to the next thing in what, like a week, mm-hmm. maybe two, they should be mm-hmm. over it. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the reality is that there are stages, there are um, so many emotions that you might go through. You might be heavily impacted by some trauma as you are going through the grieving process. And it's not something that you could just like spend a weekend in the tub (laughs) and just, you know, Calgon it away or whatever, relax it away. It's not going to like a few bath bombs aren't going to take it all down to nothing. And especially, I I love what you um, hit on the the grief, even in intentional choices that when you Mm -hmm. walk away from that big job or that career arc in an industry that you pursue, that you devoted yourself to, or that relationship, right? That Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago, you might've been thinking about, uh, what are we going to do for a 10 year anniversary? And now you're figuring out the divorce process. Yeah. And I say this as somebody who has gone through that recently, um, that there was, was grief in it and realizing that, you know, some of it was, I felt like I was blowing up my life. Right. Mm. So that, so Mm. some of the grief that I, that people go through is like, is the just, I'm stepping out into this unknown and it's scary and it's a courageous choice an intentional choice, but I know folks won't understand it they will probably give me flack for it. And yet, and still I'm walking into this wilderness. Yeah. Yeah. It's thank you for sharing that. So, so vulnerably and, and you know, what was coming up for me is, and it's okay that other people don't understand it. Yeah. So that's the, like that's that's not always easy, but it's like it's yeah, like this is what was right for me and or there may be information you will never know yeah. or whatever the case is that contributed to this decision or, uh, you know, because sometimes I think we can, you know, you you see people as simplified versions of themselves or right like the identity of well no it's if it's a relationship it's it's you and this person and or if it's a job oh well you've always been in this kind of role what else will you do yeah yeah and and not only is it courageous to quiet your space down so you can listen to the things that are bubbling but it's so courageous to take action on those. So I just want to, I want to name, you know, without knowing all the details of your circumstances, like I can tell that it was a real big act of courage for you to live your true and take whatever steps forward to, to, you know, what this new chapter is for you. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it's hard. Um, it, and I, I am open and vulnerable about it because I think it's important to do so to know that, yeah, you could be, even if you're decades in, right? If you're mm-hmm. 
I, I often hear this about people who leave a particular industry after they've spent X amount of time, like, but they've built up a successful career. How could they just walk away from it all? Yeah. But you can, like, that's yeah. the beauty yeah. of, of, yeah. Of, of life is that you could pick up and say, you know, look, this no longer serves me and I've got to do something different. And I don't know what that different is right now, but I'm going to mm -hmm. figure it out. Mm -hmm. And that's totally okay. And that's perfectly okay. But it mm -hmm. is, it is also hard to do in a world that expects you to have answers, to have a five-year plan, a 10-year plan, and to have everything mapped out neatly, and that things are going to be a constant, right? Yeah, yeah. It's the the this whole idea of uncertainty and a comfort with it is something that I've been examining hmm. for myself, um, more related to my anxiety and OCD. And from the standpoint of so much of so much of anxiety really comes down to a discomfort with uncertainty. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> and and so and just realizing that literally everything is uncertain. It's yeah. uncertain that your life will look the way it looks now. It's uncertain who you'll be with or not be with, or um, it's uncertain. I mean, it's all, it's all uncertain in that, 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 that felt, it, it seems so obvious, oh my God, <laughs> but it yeah. was so profound when I made that realization of, oh shit, this yeah, is, like nothing this is. is really a discomfort with uncertainty. Yeah. And to realize like, literally nothing is certain the I, only thing that's certain is death right like at some point yes we're gonna die like yes. that that's like the literally. one thing that we're really certain about like at some point yes that's going to happen go. yes but yeah. like what happens between now and then and you can't predict right what 20 years will bring what 10 years will bring what life will be like and and you know and so there's a bit of of savoring where you're at and also embracing the transitions when they come because I do feel like it's it's not if it's when they come. It is when, yeah. I think the savoring is really important as well. Um, and it's my my therapist who is awesome um, had me go through an exercise that you know we over the different roles that I've had in different organizations. I've had some really amazing opportunities, and there also have been some challenges. And, you know, some trauma mixed in. And one yeah. of the exercises she had me do was to just look back over a period of time and write down some of the things that I learned, some of the good things to come out of those experiences. Um, and, and her, you know, rationale was, you know, we can get into a mindset where everything is, we're looking at things from a very binary perspective. Mm -hmm. It's either good and it's yeah, all it's good bad. or it's right. all bad, right? And, <laughs> yep. And, yep. <laughs> and things aren't, just aren't neat and simple like that, right? Yeah. So even when you are walking away from that job that was great or that was the high profile or from the marriage that people thought was perfect or great, you know, there were some things that led you, might have led you to leave and there are some things that are worth celebrating in that mm -hmm. and, and mm -hmm. lessons also that maybe you're taking away from that experience that are worth 
holding on to. And there's, there's a, as I was going through it, I came across a quote and I I can't recall who it's attributed to. So forgive me, but it's on my wall right now on a sticky pain that teaches us and pain that holds us. Mm. Right. So Mm. the lessons, because you will experience the pain and what is it that it taught you? Maybe it mm. taught you about boundaries. Maybe it taught you about prioritizing yourself. Maybe it taught you that you should be mindful about how much time you give to work, to your career, that you should spend more time, make sure that you are intentionally carving out time with people that you love and being present in those moments. Um, and then, yes, there will also be the, what I call the hot like fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? That's like, all right, I learned stay far away from the gas stove where the flame is shooting up with sparks. That's, it's all bad. I got, I got a scar for that one. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> It's, it's, uh, I, that quote is really beautiful. And <laughs> one of my challenges is that because I've been in situations where I was able to turn the pain into a pretty powerful transformation, that sometimes when I'm struggling, I want to speed up the process. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know? Oh, I'm, and, and, I'm that way. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, that was something my therapist called out. She said, I know that you get to a point where you go, I've internalized this, I've learned about it, I want to teach other people or I want to write like, yeah, like you want to be able to say what's the lesson here. And she's like, you're still in it. And it's okay that there's not a lesson yet, but there will be. And like, don't, don't rush. Like, I, I see you're like, I'm anxious because I'm not to that clarity yet. She's like, and remember, when you got to that clarity before, it took you about a year or so. And you're only a few months into this journey. And so so it's an, that's an interesting experience I've had of don't rush the lesson. Yeah. <laughs> like, don't let the pain hold you too long. And There's sometimes more. you got to sit in it yeah. before you can move through it. Do we have the same therapist, Sarah? We, I don't know. They sure sound <laughs> very, is... very skillful in the same way. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that is That is something like as I was, you know, finding my way through an experience you know, my therapist validated like, yeah, this is shitty. This is hard. Yeah. yeah. And it's going to be hard for a while. And, and when she said it, I was like, wait a minute, aren't you supposed yeah. to like <laughs> paint this with some yeah. flowers, <laughs> or, like paint this over, give me you the know, coping like, mechanism yeah, to feel better yeah, about it. <laughs> yeah. But telling me, you know, Hey, and it's going to be hard for th- that was, I appreciated that reality and that affirmation to help me Mm. embrace in this moment like this isn't going to be something that you could positive you know think bath bomb your way yeah 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 by the weekend you know into into a good space like this is going to be hard for a while yeah and i you know i i think the exercise and extracting the lessons the good realized is is 
really additive. It's really helpful. At the same time, I think it's also important to make sure people have the space to say, this just sucked. This was yeah, awful. Yeah. This was a shitty experience and I'm glad I'm walking. I'm glad I'm out of it now because mm-hmm, that mm-hmm. exists too. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I want to be careful because there's so much that you could position basically as like, Hey, you can just like positive, mm-hmm. you know, you can positively affirm and positively think or cope your way out of it. Um, and that's not the case. And it's perfectly acceptable to, to just say, this is shitty. Yeah. And I'm glad to be out of it. Or this was terrible. And I'm glad yeah. to be out of yeah. it. Yeah. That, that's yeah. also, and it, yeah. And it's, and it sucks. And it's the right thing for me. Yeah. And it's hard. Yeah. And I know it's temporary, but it's still hard. It's still and hard. I, yeah. You know, and sometimes I think especially in our hyper positive culture of right find the silver yeah. lining that sometimes there it just can be really powerful to to be like this is yeah this hard. sucks yeah it's just like there's no i don't i'm not going to tell you anything else it's hard i know you'll get through it and it sucks right now that you're in it and yeah you know like yeah at some point will you be in a different place and different reflection of it yeah and, and it sucks and it sucks yeah yeah and it's just well, it's going to suck for for a while yeah yeah. What would you say to people who are listening right now who might be thinking there's some changes I need to make, right? Like they're on that precipice of being courageous, whether yeah. that is taking a new career step, maybe that's leaving a toxic job, maybe that's shifting their relationship, um, wh- whatever. I mean, even, you know, the shifting relationship isn't always walking away from a relationship. No. It can be stepping into a relationship when you haven't had it, right? Or stepping into a new kind of relationship. What, what the change would you... in relationships. Yeah, like, from, yeah. Um, from having friends that you've been friends with for decades and realizing you're not friends, you're friends in a different way, right? Your friendships change, your relationships Mm -hmm. change. There is also grief with that, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. What would you, so what would you invite that person to hold on to, reflect about, or consider as they take that first step? Uh, to, To seek out quiet, and stillness Mm -hmm. and i mean really be still um and we don't we often do not get the chance to do that and if that means like you go somewhere for a weekend and i mean when i say still sit with the silence because for me like i really have to sit in silence there are a lot of ways i can fill my head be it with like a podcast music Mm -hmm. etc but when it's really quiet that's when it all starts to come in and you can really hold up the decisions that you're considering the past and really examine them. And so you have to get really quiet and really still all the internal chatter, all the external chatter. So go somewhere where you can do that. And another piece of advice I would share is to not worry if you cannot see what's next Hmm. you only have to maybe take like one step right and sometimes that might be just a conversation it might be sending 
that email or whatever it is, but you don't have to have everything mapped out. Mm. You don't even have to have five steps. You just need like be comfortable, be solid in whatever you're going to do, whatever the decision is, and just take one step. So one step at a time. Yeah, I love that. Katrina, you're such a gift to this world, to our audience, to me. I'm so glad. I'm I'm so glad that we had you on. Now, for people who may be thinking about either, oh, I'd be curious to connect with her, to learn more about this, to work with her, to bring her into my organization. What is the best way for people to connect with you? Please find me on LinkedIn. That's Mm -hmm. the best place to find me. Yeah, perfect. And we'll put that in the show notes. So thank you, my dear, for showing up being so beautifully human as you always are. And helping us navigate what can feel really scary. I mean, it just goes back to the title of the first conversation. How do we stay soft during the hard times? I know. And this is part of how you, you know, this is part of how you stay soft in the hard times is you, you have to show up just fully you yes be vulnerable yes and and show up in a way that reflects your values who you are striving to be in this moment because it's gonna change (laughs) yeah 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 well thank you my friend thank you thank you for having me i adore you likewise Our guest this week has been Katrina Jones, and I just, it always feels like such a hug when I get to talk to her. I always appreciate her vulnerability, her her humanity, and her inviting us to step into our own humanity. And the, the, that quote that she shared of the pain that teaches you, and then there's the pain that holds you is so, so, so powerful and resonant for me right now. And we want to hear from you. So reach out to us at podcast at com, or you can send me a DM on LinkedIn where my DMs are always open. And if you'd like to support the show, you can do so in a couple of ways. First, if you haven't already, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the show on your preferred podcast platform. The more reviews we have, the more exposure we get, and the more likely we can bring on great guests like Katrina. Also, if you want to become a patron, you can go to patreon.com slash conversations on conversations conversations where your financial support does support the team that makes this show possible and you'll get some pretty great swag i want to just give a huge shout out to our incredible team who makes this podcast possible to our producer nick wilson to our sound editor drew knoll to our transcriptionist becky reinert our marketing consultant jessica burge and the rest of the snowco crew and just a big wholehearted thank you to katrina jones for showing up and just being her amazing self this has been conversations on conversations thank you all so much for listening and remember when we can change the conversations we have with ourselves and others we can change the world so my friends till next week please be sure to rest rehydrate and we'll see you again soon